0: This is Tani Talks Radio, the show where we talk a topic for the week for the audience members to keep. Talking a different topic each week to hopefully help you or someone you know to uplift your life. To talk a topic that could be expounded upon in our life, that could elevate our life in a burst to make our lives more functional, more meaningful, and more uplifted. Let's talk direction. But I have no direction. Let's talk About the direction. Are you happy with the direction your life is taking? Are you happy with the direction your life has taken until now? Are you satisfied with your current life, with your current job, with your current occupation? Are you satisfied with your hobbies? Are you happy with your accomplishments? Are you happy where you are standing in your life until this point? At this point in my life, if I look back at the past 35 years, we should be zoch until 120 years, all of us many more years to come. Am I happy with what I accomplished in my life? Am I happy with the steps I took, with the direction I took, with the occupation I chose, with the projects I'm passionate about on the side? Am I happy where it's taken me? Some people say, but I have no direction. And I would say, let's discuss and find that direction. How can we come to a direction in our own life? If the answer to any of those questions that we asked a minute ago is no, it might be a good time to reevaluate what the purpose, the real purpose of our life is and what we are supposed to be doing here and what the trajectory of our existence has been until now and where it is going. Where? is it going? There is much to do in this world, and even if you think you did a lot in your life, I believe we always have more to do, more to accomplish and more to fulfill. Hayom Katsarva Hamalacha Miruba, it's not only a catchy song, Lahavdal, it is a beferish, it is an open Mishnah in Pirkei Avos that there is so much to accomplish. In Alakha velo ata ben The day is short, there's much to do. You can't say that I won't do anything. You have to at least start. You might not be able to fulfill, you might not be able to finish what you started, but you have to at least start. There is much to do. There is much to accomplish. The day is short. Only 120 years, which should be Zohatum of good, fulfilling, happy years. But you have to make sure to use those days in proper ways. Unfortunately, however, some people feel empty and lost at different points in their lives, especially in midlife, especially when kids are out of the house. Many people in life have what is called a midlife crisis. Some of us earlier than midlife have existential crises as well. There are points at different points in our life where we pause and say, is this what I want to do? Do I want to be teaching? Do I want to be a therapist? Do I want to be a doctor? Do I want to be a lawyer? Is this what I'm doing with the rest of my life? Is this what I want to do with my whole life? 30, 40, 50 working years. If you don't like what you do, if you don't love what you do, then we're going to have a problem. You're going to have a problem because you have all of those years. You're going to be upset waking up and angry waking up and sour and just not fulfilled. Hashem wants you to be fulfilled. Hashem wants you to be happy. A happy person can be more fulfilled. A happy person can accomplish more, can do more, and can enlighten the world more. If you are mad because you're an accountant or a CPA, you're man with your job, with your cubicle, with your position in life, it is up to you to change it. No one else can do that. Don't wait till 40, 50, 60, 70 where you're at a midlife or later in life crisis and then reevaluate think about it today as we think about ending the sphere of period in just a couple of weeks not even a couple of weeks and really a week and a half or so when we come to the to the end of the trajectory to accepting the torah which was the zenith of our existence as a nation Think about what the trajectory of your life, what is the zenith, the pinnacle, what do you feel like is one of the climaxes in your life that you're able to climb and reach and accomplish. If we can't pinpoint anything, then there's a problem. What is real in life? What is purposeful in life? What can be accomplished in life? Interestingly, Wikipedia explains, Lahavdil, a midlife crisis is a transition of identity and self-confidence that can occur in middle-aged individuals, typically 45 to 65-year-olds, I would say that it doesn't have to happen at that age. We can have our own existential crisis much earlier on, 20, 30, 40, even before the 45 to 65 years old when we think of the guy trading in his minivan, buying a Harley-Davidson motorcycle and jetting off into the sunset. Or we could think about the guy trading in his Suburban and getting a two-person convertible that makes no sense on any level when he has a family of a couple of kids. really doesn't make any sense. The phenomenon is described as a psychological crisis Brought about by events that highlight a person's growing age, inevitable mortality, and possibly lack of accomplishments in life. This may produce feelings of intense depression, remorse and high levels of anxiety, or the desire to achieve youthfulness, or make drastic changes to their current lifestyle, read changing minivan for motorcycle, or feel the wish to change past decisions and events. Studies on midlife crisis show that they are less common than popular believed, according to a study in 2012 by Valent. In his 75-year longitudinal study on adult development, he found midlife crises were rare experiences for people involved in the study. The term was coined by Elliot Jaques in 1965. The common examples are a man buying a hugely impractical sports car or motorcycle There it is, in midlife or purchasing a property and moving far away to find himself, we should never know from any of those terrible examples, among many other examples. There's also the idea we mentioned, hinted to before, of an existential crisis, as explained by Wikipedia, which is not as age-specific. Existential crisis, also known as existential dread, are moments when individuals question whether their lives have meaning, whether their lives have purpose, whether their lives have value, and are negatively impacted by the contemplation. Oh my gosh, I feel so vastly void. What am I doing with my day? You know, the whole day I just sat and played Halo the whole day. An example of a fighting game, a video game, I never played it, I just know about it. What did I do with my day? What a lack of a productive day, for example. It may be commonly but not necessarily tied to depression or inevitably negative speculations on purpose in life such as the futility of all effort. For example, if one day I will be forgotten, what is the point of all of my work? That brings to mind the example we brought on a previous episode where the guy is in jail for tens of years, and every day they make him push the mill, push the stone, push the lever around and around and around. Finally, one day, they show him his life's work. He thinks, I'm doing so productive. They tell him, you're milling the fields back in the olden days. You're helping the cotton grow or the field grow. You're helping move around the seeds. And he's like, wow, at least in in the dungeon, I have some purpose. One day, they open up the door. They open the window, and they show him, lo and behold, that the, the lever... The pulley was connected to nothing, was connected to absolute zero. What do you think his response was? In that case, he falls to the floor, collapses, and we should never know from such things, but ultimately perishes because without that hope, without that connection, without that fulfillment of doing something, anything, what is the point of all of my work? An extreme example, but on a much smaller level, if we can't connect what we're doing to being helpful, to being purposeful, to being fulfilling, there's going to be a lack of fulfillment and there's going to be a lack of hope and meaning and purpose. This issue of the meaning and purpose of human existence is a major focus of the philosophical tradition of existentialism. An existential crisis may often be provoked by a significant event in the person's life. For example, a life-threatening experience, reaching a personally significant age, like 18 or 40, or many other factors. Going through a darkness or going through some other traumatic episode, the havdol different factors could be involved in such a thing. Usually it provokes the sufferer's introspection about personal mortality, thus revealing the psychological repression of said awareness. Existential crisis can be similar to anxiety and depression. In existentialist philosophy, the term existential crisis specifically relates to the crisis of the individual when they realize that they must always define their own lives through the choices that they make. The existential crisis occurs when one recognizes that even the decision to either refrain from action or withhold assent to a particular choice is in itself a choice. You don't have to be 45 or 55 or 65 or even 35 to wonder about the choices and direction your life has taken or has not taken. Don't wait for a God forbid stressor or negative thing God forbid in your life to make you think about direction and choices in life. But my life has no direction. Think about the direction. Think about where you're heading and where you're going to, where you came from. What did you or did you not accomplish in your life? What Have you wanted to always accomplish in your life? Start today. Little steps. Every day, little by little by little. I've wanted to publish a book for years now. And I I said a couple of months ago, it's time, it's finally time. I put out a little... Uh, Makeshift and on one of my groups And lo and behold Connected with someone And now Baruch Hashem Day by day by day We are working day by day by day And it takes little steps Page by page You can self-publish yourself On Amazon You can make your own comics Your own articles Your own things on Amazon you want a podcast? Talk to me Jewishpodcast.fm You can make your podcast Start with one episode Don't make 17 seasons One episode You've always wanted to write for someone email them, email the website, email the magazine, take a step. You've always wanted to be a blogger. Send one blog to one company. It takes one step, one step at a time. Don't wait for a negative to make you think about the positive. Take one step at a time to change your life's direction. Every year, the years. The days fly by and somehow we find ourselves back in Rosh Hashanah. And only at that point in our year, for some reason, do we stop and say, How was my year? What happened this year? What did I accomplish this past year? What do I want to see in the year to come? Why should it take 365 days for us to pause and reflect? Why should it take the whole year to think to ourselves, Ah, how was my year? What is my life doing? How are we doing? We should wait until Yom HaDin. We should wait until all the way on Judgment Day, on the beginning of the New Year, on the Jewish New Year, to think about our direction of our life. Every day you could stop and think. All you have to do is take a pause in your hectic life and take stock of your choices, take stock of your decisions, and think about what you're doing. We wait till Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, to think about our past choices and mistakes or good decisions in the past year. The question then becomes, what direction is your life taking? What direction are you heading? but I don't have direction. I don't have any direction. What are you doing with your life? Are you using your talents wisely? Are you in the right field, the right profession? We need to not wait until Rosh Hashanah. We can look at our direction right now. Here in spring twenty twenty three, when we are speaking right now, you can figure out your direction. You could figure out what you are doing with your life. You could figure out how to use your talents wisely. Hashem literally put the idea of this book in my head years ago. I plotted it out on my notes. I wanna I know exactly what I want to do in book 1 and book 2, it should be to be a series and a game and a movie and animated and we could uh, make a website we could sell it as toys I have a whole concept in mind we have a logo and a book and I have three parts to it I know exactly what I want to do, I tell the illustrator exactly what I want to do and I know how much I want to publish on Amazon I know how much I want to charge and now Baruch Hashem, we've been able to put out a few weekly editions of a one page spread, look out for it, it is so cool and wonderful that Hashem gave me this idea, if I waited it might not have ever been done. You have to start today, even if it doesn't make money. It doesn't matter if it doesn't make money. But what direction are you taking? The podcast started five years ago. Looking back, I'm like, wow, Hashem put it in my mind in 2018 to start, and now we're five years later. What a wonderful zechus Hashem gave me. And any idea, any concept, you should roll with it. You should move with it. Do what you can with it. Move your direction to the right way. But I don't have direction. You can have direction. You just need to find how to use that direction. A major phrase that has stuck to me for years is that which we learn from Makos 10 in the Gemara as follows. Amir Rabba Barbar Rav Huna. Amar Raba Bar excuse me. Amar Rav Huna, Amar Rabe Lazar. Min haTorah, o min haNeviim, o min haKsuvim, b'derach sheAdam rotsed lelich ba molichenoto. A huge phrase I talk about all the time in all of my shiurim, all of my shows, if not each one individually, but definitely we talk about it a lot. The way you want to go, Hashem will lead you. You want to make a book, Hashem will work it out for you. He'll give you the details, give you the plan, hopefully connect you with someone that could draw it up for you and write it up for you. You want to write a book, Hashem will hopefully find you a path to do so. You type it up, you could upload the PDF to Amazon and they they set everything up for you exactly. It's a very cool process, by the way. Very cool. I started looking into the process and I'm blown away by how you can actually make a book. How cool is that? But the path you want to take, whatever path. Path you want to take. Of course, you want to go down a bad path, Hashem will take you down it because Hashem leads you where you want to go. But we should only take good paths and paths through mitzvahs for chesed for Torah. The path you want to go, Hashem will lead you. If you don't think you have direction, all you have to do is take the first step. The second step, Hashem will lead you. Hashem will kiva Yachul Hashem will hold your hand and take you step by step down the way. From the Torah, from the Prophets, from the writings, we know that along the path a person wishes to proceed, one leads and assists him. And that, of course, is talking about Hashem. We learn this from the Torah. Hashem tells Bilam not to go. He shall not go with them. But Bilam really wanted to go, so Hashem let him. Obviously, he let them only be blessed by the wicked Bilam and not cursed by him. But Hashem brought him along the path. We know it from the prophets because Hashem leads you on the path from Yeshayah. We know it from the Torah. We know it from the Ksuvim too because if you see the cynics, he will cause them to join it, And that comes from Mishlei. But each aspect shows that Hashem will lead you along the path. Hashem will lead you along the right path if you put in the effort, you put in your hishtadlut, we say in Hebrew, your effort and follow the talents and abilities you have. But you must take the first step. You must make sure to get out the front door and down the path that you're supposed to go. He will lead you where you want if it's a proper job, a proper task, a proper way to go. But if you're wasting your talents, he won't stop you. For example, I always say, if you have a passion for working with trains, but your family told you it's impractical, it's unrealistic, it won't make enough money, why are you going down this path? You should be working three jobs, four jobs. You should never see your family. You should be making tons of money because that's so much more important than being a good dad, a good wife, a good husband, a good mom, right? So instead of going to what you love to do, where you feel like you can make a difference, you could you could visualize better trains, more efficient trains, trains that'll get people to work faster and happier. But you were told by Uncle Jake, Uncle John, making up the names, it's impractical, it's unrealistic, you can't do that. Instead, you went to accounting school. And you studied accounting and becoming an accountant. Hashem will let you go along that way. He'll get you through the school. He'll find you a job, providing you put in your status. But is that the dire- the right direction for you? Is that fulfilling your love and passion for trains? I don't think so. You may have missed the train. Pun intended, and at a certain point, you may have a small existential crisis. A coworker friend has a panic attack over the numbers one day, and he ends up in the hospital. Thank God he's okay. You check in on Bob, and and he makes a full recovery. But Bob tells you, and then you may you evaluate: What am I doing every day? I'm crunching the numbers. I hate what I do. I'm stuck in a cubicle. I come home at eight o'clock, nine o'clock most of the year. My wife is mad at me. I never help. I never see the kids. What kind of a life is this? You know, my friend, Sammy, you know, he has much better hours. He gets out at 3, he's home at 4, he's able to make dinner, he's able to be with his kids. What a happier life he has. But you make so much more money than Sammy, but it doesn't matter. It's not about the money. It's about understanding your direction, your purpose, what you're doing in life. This friend tells you, maybe you should reevaluate what you were doing. You didn't have to go to accounting school just because Uncle John told you to. Maybe you could rethink why you're working with the numbers, why you're in the field in the first place when you really love trains. Only at 65 does this friend, Moses, change direction and finally love what he does. But what a tragedy. 35 years of his working life he wasted on a a job that he hated, on a schedule that he hated, on missing his kids growing up, on aspects he could have been with them. Or... You may not have an existential crisis. You might just have a small nagging feeling that this job isn't right. This environment isn't right. This school isn't right. This profession isn't right. Or you may just miss the boat and stay at the dead-end job forever, which would be tragic and sad. It's all up to you. Picture, for example, a 15-year-old Tani. I had thought at 15... Growing up, I would work in real estate. I'm going to draw houses, and I'm going to draw myself selling houses. I, I like to draw and doodle. I wasn't a good drawer in general. But I thought I would work in real estate. It's so cool. I'm drawing these houses. I have two houses, an attached garage. I have pictures when I'm a kid. I find it fascinating. This is great. This is a great job. It wasn't until I worked in Camp Hask for three summers that I felt a different direction, a different calling in life. One day, I was bringing my camper, who happened to use a wheelchair, not a wheelchair-bound camper, by the way, a camper who happened to use a wheelchair, person first speaking, to receive his occupational therapy services in the therapy building. I had brought him in his wheelchair and helped him out onto the mat for the OT to work with him. I remember the therapist laying him on his stomach, which we call prone in OT land, and have him toss items into a bucket. I thought to myself, wow, imagine a profession when you can have fun and play with the kids and still work on the skills that they need. This is it. This is what I want to do. This is it for me. And you can get paid while doing it. This is great. Just like that. dream shattered. Position changed. Direction changed. Whole aspect of life changed. I studied psychology at YU for undergrad, went to LIU Brooklyn for OT grad school and became an OT, Bar Hashem, eight years ago, over eight years ago now in 2023, working with kids in the public school system on their skills, including cutting and writing and pasting and much more. And Bar Hashem, I love what I do. I felt that this was my direction. This was my right direction. Yes, you could work in rehab for tons more money, but I don't like that. Yes, you can work in home care for much more money, but that's not my direction. Yes, you can see cases until 12 o'clock and never see your children and make tons of more money, but that's not for me. You find your direction, you find your path, you find what you want to do, and you still can be a good dad, a good wife, a good husband, a good mom, being there for your kids. No one says that you should have to give up one or the other. I don't believe that it should be one or the other. I believe you can have your cake and eat it too, as the phrase goes, If you really want to be that good dad, you want to be that good mom, you want to be that good husband, you want to be that good wife, so you figure out a schedule that works. I don't think it has to be that you stay at work till 8, 9 o'clock, and then you, you make X amount, but you have to sacrifice all that time with your child, all that time with your wife. I don't think that's what Hashem wants from us. Personally, I'm not a rabbi. I do get smicha online, but I'm not a rabbi. I feel like there must be a better solution. I love the fact that I work for the board event and school finishes at 3, period. Some teachers have to stay late, period. Our contract says literally 8 to 255. Those of us who do 805 to 3, whatever. You're home. You're done by 3. You could be home by 4. 4 to 5 is like my don't touch this. This is meal prep time. You know, 5 to 6 is when we eat. And then we do bath night and laundry night, different ways of of figuring it out. And then, you know, the kid, we get them into bed by six, seven or whatever. And then it's hang out with wife time. We have to have a way to set up our day that it could be realistic juggling things. Can you imagine if just for a few extra bucks, I changed into the wrong profession for me into real estate or accounting? I wasn't home till nine or 10 o'clock at night. What kind of life is that? Some people say, I don't see my husband all week. We spend time on Shabbos. And I look at my wife incredulously and say, what? They don't see each other the whole week? The whole week? That's crazy. That is crazy. That is not my direction. And in this class, this we're talking, that is a crazy direction. When you feel a calling, you feel a direction, you have to do something with it. You have to follow it and make sure if you don't have any direction, then you sit down and you assess what can you do with your life. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago. That amazing article from Ash from Sari Elchev Riegler. If you had the whole day... And you could do anything you wanted. You didn't have to worry about money. What would you want to do with your day? And don't tell me, you know, doing laundry and uh, cleaning up the stains from the kids uh, dropping uh, oranges all over the floor. I'm not talking about that, aside from that. And if you could think about your 10 most meaningful interactions or meaningful moments in your life, aside from getting married and the birth of your child and aside from, you know, purchasing your house. We're talking really Wonderfully meaningful moments that don't have to do specifically with your spouse or your kids but meaningful moments in life where you could feel fulfilled in contributing to the world itself aside from your family what would they be those two pieces are the way that you can really hone in on what you want to do with yourself my answers are easy you know if i could do anything with my time i wouldn't worry about money Or worry about how to do things, it would be doing radio and audio and it would be working on the children's book and different side projects. Easy, simple, done. You know, people have talents, people are great, my wife is an excellent writer, an excellent editor, and a singer, and a lyricist. Very easy answers, but some people don't have the answer. So you sit down and you make a cons and pros list of what you want to do or not, or you write down what you like to do or want to do or could accomplish in this life or in this world. On the side, I felt a calling, a direction to do something, something with my voice and do something, something with kids. The height of Corona, when everyone is home and we have to figure out how to work with kids remotely, one of the things I pulled out was Where's Waldo? I love Where's Waldo. I think it's a great concept and I tie in writing to it. You have to find Waldo, his friend Wenda, Wenda, I think. I think. Some say it's his girlfriend. Some say it's his wife. Let's say it's his wife, Hedesh Kyle and, and you have to find Adla, which is his enemy, and then you have to find Wolf, which is his dog, and then you have to find Wizard Whitebeard, who apparently transports him through time, and then you have to find the glasses and the scroll and the binoculars and the camera and the key. In every picture, which is a double spread, you have to find this. And I felt to myself from Hashem, what is the reason that there is only where's Waldo. Why is there no other version? Why is there no other side aspect to it? And why is there only that? And I said, there must be a Jewish solution. And I sat down right there and there and worked on it. And I felt very strongly to do that. And years later, we're working on it. On the side of that, I also felt a calling, a direction, to do something with my voice in a radio and an audio style way. When I was in college in Y.U., One of my favorite things to do was to be on the radio. It was Tuesday nights for an hour. I hosted a social platform show for an hour with a phone call in line, the computer on Gmail and Gchat, the microphone and headphones, the works. I look forward to it every single week to that hour when I could be live on the radio waves on the microphone. Fast forward... How many years, 12 years later, actually, and we're on the radio, we're on live, which is wonderful, but in a much more fulfilling way, in a much more beautiful way, in a Torah way, not a social way, wasting time, but in a really wonderful way with a phone line, with an app, and with an ability to be heard online on the computer. How cool. Kind of totally making up for the 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 not great way in YU and now a much better way nowadays. And I look forward every week to that hour. I love it. I love radio. It stayed with me over the years. The burning desire and passion to be on the radio. The question was how to do so, what to do to be able to make it more purposeful. So at first, the podcasts were born when we did. Tani Talks OT, we call it now. Of course, that was the first show that came about. Then Tani Talks Perky Elvis was the second show almost at the same time. Much later on, we added the DAF show, Tani Talks DAF, and then the Parsha show, Tani Talks Parsha. And of course, much more recent is Tani Talks Radio, which formerly was Tani Talks Life. And that's how it came about. And now coming full circle, having a live radio show once a week, that is the complete opposite of what I did in YU, live for social reasons, but now live for Torah reasons. And I feel very fulfilled in my side hobbies of the podcast, of working on the the Jewish Children's Activity Project, which is my version of Where's Waldo, which we hope to get to publish in the future my inclination my dream my desire is to do the audio is to do the ability to have this live radio and i built the station myself radio.com Bar hashem we got backing from sheer enjoyment and we called it sheer enjoyment radio called it tiny talks radio but i built the app with the help of the developers but it was me set up the name set up the slogan set up the logo, set up the actual dashboard of how to have the show, had to learn how to do all these things. And I feel very, very fulfilled doing it. It's a very cool thing to open it up and see all these recordings that we have over the years and how we have over the aspects and we are able to do this and it's a wonderful thing to be able to share my voice and I'm on Bar Hashem on Nacham Siegel on Tani Talks Radio on Wednesday nights and on Tani Talks Parsha on Thursday nights. So it's a wonderful thing to be able to have this. My dream is to be full time as a radio guy to be full time working on the Children's Project and the other things and of course a dream, a dream, a dream, top, top, top is to be on stage for a TED Talk. That would be awesome. So that's a direction that I Am on that I wanted to take little by little, but I have to take each step. Of course, I use the acoustic guitar as a side hobby. Baruch Hashem, my mom sponsored me to get the best guitar ever, and we use that now to write and sing songs and play music over the years. I recorded as well, but you got to take that direction, you got to follow through. It wouldn't make sense to tell you to take your direction if I don't take my direction, so I'm giving you personal examples myself of the directions to take. A direction can be taken. Unfortunately, and it can fail. I did try to get published of the... I made a PDF version of like a sample. I was rejected from probably 12 publishers. I was rejected from so many people. It was very dejecting. It took me a couple of years to get over that and to start afresh and to start anew and to do it myself. When you want to get something done, you do it yourself. That's why Amazon is awesome. You could self-publish. Take that, publishers who said, no, you'll, yeah, you're going to... Kick yourself in the foot one day when it goes big, right? So that's the solution. When you want to get it done, when there's no radio out there, you make your own radio station. Sheer enjoyment radio. And that's where you have to make sure to make your own way of going about things. You know, there's E100 out there and there's this out there. But look, there's a J-Root and look, there's a Nachum Siegel network, which is amazing to be on. He made that. He had that dream. He made that that go, and I had that dream, and I made that go. You have to follow, and you got to do it yourself. Sometimes you need to do things yourself. No one will do it for you. You have to reinvent yourself, and you try, try, try again. I also say persistence is key. I was rejected 12 times from publishers. As a side note, by the way, J.K. Rowling was also rejected from like 11 or 12 people, and look how massive she got. So you never know. But you have to start afresh. You start anew. And I kept badgering at the newspapers. And finally, Baruch Hashem, very recently here in 2023, we actually were able to publish a few versions of the Jewish Children's Side Project, which I think is awesome and makes me very excited. So that's my direction. We all need to think of the direction we want to go. What direction do you want your life to take? Where do you want your life's trajectory to go? Rabbi Sachs that's how points out on ish.com, Smartphones can do amazing things, few more amazing than Waze. The Israeli designed satellite navigation system acquired by Google in 2013, but there's one thing even Waze cannot do. It cannot tell you where to go. It can tell you how to go somewhere. It can tell you how to get somewhere, but it cannot tell you where. To go. That is something you must decide yourself. The most important decision we can make in life is to choose where we want eventually to be. Without a sense of destiny and destination, our lives will be directionless. If we don't know where we want to go, we will never get there, no matter how fast we travel. Yet, despite this, there are people who spend months planning a holiday. A holiday. There are months, people spend months planning a vacation, but not even a day planning a life. How crazy is that? They simply let it happen. So it is in the life of nations and individuals. If you see what happens to you as a mere chance, your fate will be governed by mere chance. That's what the sages say when the Torah says, and it came to pass, it's a to tragedy. If you simply let things to come, you will find yourself exposed to the vagaries of fortune and the whims of others. If you believe you were here for a purpose Your life will take on the directedness of that purpose. Your energies will be focused. A sense of mission will give you strength. You will do remarkable things. This and that was the special insight Jews brought to the world. They did not believe, as people did in ancient times and as atheists do today, that the universe is governed by mere chance. The people who change the world are those who believe that life has a purpose, a direction, a destiny. They know where they want to go and what they want to achieve. In the case of Judaism, the purpose is clear to show what it is to create a small clearing. In the desert of humanity, where freedom and order coexist, where justice prevails, the weak are cared for, and those in need are given help, where we have the humility to attribute our successes to God and our failures to ourselves, where we cherish life as the gift of God and do all we can to make it holy. In other words, precisely the opposite of the violence and brutality that is today being perpetrated by some religious extremists in the name of God. To achieve this, though, we have a sense of collective purpose. We have to have that sense of collective purpose. This is the choice that Moshe, speaking in the name of Hashem, sets before the Israelites. Mikra or Mikrah? Does life just happen? Or is it a call from God to create moments of moral and spiritual beauty that redeem our humanity from the ruthless pursuit of power? to give human life the dignity of a purpose that is what jews are called on to show the world find your direction but i have no direction find your direction find what you can do find what you can accomplish follow the direction hashem will lead you along the way rabbi Tatz points out on h.com we choose a direction perhaps feeling that this must be the correct one this must be the correct one Tomorrow, we are forced to wonder how we could possibly have seen things that way yesterday. The situation appears exactly opposite now. And of course, the next day we feel even more confused. Eventually, we lose confidence in our sense of direction altogether. Life then becomes a halting, faltering business. Three steps ahead today, two two backwards tomorrow, and so often no more than helpless circles with the dismay of crossing our own tracks repeatedly. So our ordeals are confusing, that is their essence. Our task is to develop the tenacity to hold on to the truth, even when tempted to see it change. Our goal is to break through into clarity. That is transcendence, and that is the meaning of there is no happiness like the resolution of doubts. The greatest happiness is simply knowing one's direction. Even if one has not yet started along the road, simply knowing which road to follow in life is a great elation. Torah is that direction, and one's personal portion in Torah is that road. Think about what you love to do most in life. If you could do what you love, what would it be? If you have all the money in the world and all the time in the world, what would you do? That's a way to define what you should do. The answer for me is audio, radio, the children's project, the children's books, and hopefully a children's franchise of my idea and OT. What is the answer for you? That's the famous example we're talking about from Sarah Yocheved Riegler. We go through life without thinking about our path. We follow the route laid out by society, going to college, finding a job, getting, a mar- getting married, raising a family with no clear sense of the unique mission entrusted to us. We're pulled in many Many different directions. Feeling compromised in what we do and are guilty for what we don't. Identifying our mission, according to Rabbi Ari and Nevin, and we've talked about this before, is the first step in leading a life of vibrancy and joy. When you intersect with your life's purpose, he explains, you feel excitement. Knowing your personal mission is essential preparation. For life, not just for Rosh Hashanah. God gives each of us life, health, livelihood, and everything else. We should always be Zohar. What is your plan for how you propose to use the life that God gives you? What is your direction? The CEO is not going to dole out a million dollars on a budget to an employee who doesn't have a carefully worked out proposal. Two methods, again, and I repeat, from Rabbi Navin, as pointed out by Sarah Yochavit Riegler on Aish. Number one, to define your mission, to find your direction. In life, But I have no direction. Listen to the wisdom of ish of Rabbi Nevin, and Sarah Echever Riegler. Ask yourself and write it down. What were the five or ten most pleasurable moments in my entire life? My five or ten most pleasurable moments in my entire life. And I'm not saying the best tasting strawberry daiquiri you had in your life. I'm not saying the best Shirley Temple you had when you were bar mitzvah. A real pleasurable moment that you could define... When I was listened to by a thousand people and a thousand people were able to be impacted by my words, that was one of my pleasurable moments in life. When I was able to have that week published and someone told me they loved what we did on the page spread, that was a pleasurable moment. Number two, ask yourself, if I inherited a billion dollars and had six hours a day of discretionary time and the kids are at school and I literally could sit What would I do with the time and the money? When answering the first question, we need to eliminate the universal transcendent moments, such as witnessing the beauty of nature or listening to music, your mission. They have to do with that, but it's on a much more individual lesson, and it's not talking about when we're looking at the Grand Canyon. We need to figure out how this is the life's purpose. As Rabbi Navin puts it, We feel a moment when we say, this feels so good that I could do this all day long. A person may think, what should I do for weeks and weeks and weeks? What should I do? What should I do with my time? Rabbi Nevin and Sarah Haveliger points out that there was a a woman who for many years wanted to do a Jewish outreach center, but I don't have the time, I don't have the koach, I don't have the ability... But I've always wanted to do that. That's your direction. That's your purpose. Hashem is hinting to you. Why do you think it keeps coming to the forefront of your mind? You're supposed to set up a Jewish outreach center, especially for the elderly. That's your mission. Are you kidding? I don't have time. I don't have ability. Take a half hour twice a week. Sit down with a pen and paper. Take a step at a time and just start brainstorming. Write down whatever comes to your mind, what the first steps could be, and ask Hashem for help. That's what you can do. 2 weeks later she phones the author and is brimming with excitement. This has got me going. Everything I've done is coming to this. Everything is coming in handy and my kids ask me and my husband asks me why am I finally smiling so much? You have the talents, you have the interests, you have the ability. You must take it and find your mission. Sometimes your mission is deposited, is deposited into your life. Such as the people who founded the Tay-Sachs Association because unfortunately they were dealing with kids who had tay sex. That was their challenge. That was their life's mission. Take a half hour every day and think about what do I really want to do with my life? Perhaps you work full-time developing software from Microsoft, but you've always felt a tug to write a book about phone addiction. Perhaps your greatest pleasure is tending to your vegetable garden in Detroit, but you've always dreamed of living on an agricultural settlement in Israel. These inner urges are whisperings from God. It's hints from Hashem. Secret messages from headquarters showing you your direction, showing you your mission, showing you your life's key of what you're supposed to do in this life. You're supposed to do what you are supposed to do. And also, not everybody can do what you are supposed to do, by the way. If you're an environmental activist, you might get so mad that your sister is oblivious to the environment. But her mission might be fighting Holocaust denial, and she's mad at you that you don't find it as strongly as her. You belong to a group that feeds the homeless, but your friend really can't find five minutes to help? You find it reprehensible. The other group he is heedless to the homeless, but they spend time with pro-Israel activities. Everyone has their mission. And everyone has their mission. And that is the gateway to true tolerance and support. Understanding your mission validates your life, understands you, and releases you from comparing yourself to others. I know my mission. Not everybody could podcast. Not everybody cares about radio. Not everybody cares about the Jewish children's thing. Not everybody even cares about OT. Okay but they care about what they care about and you care about what you care about and that's what you're here to radiate. doesn't exempt you from global responsibilities like raising your family, raising children, and giving tzedakah. It doesn't mean that you can fully blow off all your responsibilities if you want to write that book. Maybe write it during breaks in your day or when your kids are sleeping. Hashem will make sure that you fulfill your mission. He'll give you the time to do so. So what is your purpose? What is your direction? But I don't have direction. You can find direction. Just sit down and think about it. Analyze it. Think about what you love to do. What would you love to do besides for taking care of family and friends? Think about if you had all the money and the time in the world. Think about all the top pleasurable experiences in your life. That is what you should be doing. Even Rabbi Noah Weinsberg's Zatzal teaches us, did you ever get on a train going somewhere only to find that you're headed in the wrong direction? That's the same thing that happens in life. We set goals, we make plans, and sometimes discover that we're on the wrong train. Bivinat Halev literally means understanding the heart. The heart is the seat of emotions. We say my heart is heavy, my heart is lifting, my heart is broken. To understand your heart is to understand yourself. Many people go through life making assumptions about who they are, never thinking about time to meet themselves, to meet the direction. Often a crisis hits at midlife when people ask, what's my life about? Is this all that there is to my life? Is this all worth it? We've heard stories of people who suddenly change direction, quitting their job, getting divorced. Do they just snap overnight? You know, like the successful doctor who decides he never wanted to go into medicine in the first place, so he drops it and becomes an artist? Knowing yourself is knowing what you need to do in this life you have to know yourself in order to really be alive if you don't know yourself you are not living if you don't know what makes you tick you're a robot you're a puppet you're a zombie don't wait for a crisis life is too short to take the wrong trains get down to what you want to do you want to be rich you want to be famous you want to be good you want to accomplish you want meaning you want to be creative but why do you want all this what's driving you what do you want out of life ask yourself Like you would ask a best friend the following questions. (laughs) Excuse me. I apologize. Lots of allergies this season. Ask yourself the following questions and wait for the answers. Don't worry. No one's going to poke fun at you. What is the purpose of my life? What is the purpose of life? What is my goal in life? Why did I choose this career? How do I spend my spare time? Obviously not recuperating, rejuvenating when you're reading a good book or watching a good show or whatever. Lahavdil. How do I spend my spare time, my fulfilling spare time? What is my motivation for doing what I do? What really makes me happy? Am I as happy as I want to be? Is it more important to be rich or to be happy? A lot of people mess that question up. Is it more important to be rich or to be happy? In fact... Teaches us Aizahuashir Hasameach The really rich person is the one that is happy with his lot. Question 9. What are my future plans and why? And ten, what are my secret dreams and ambitions? Don't be surprised if the answers aren't immediate. It may take months. Stick with it. Find out what makes you tick. The answers are hiding in there. And the most important question to ask, what is Am I leaving, living for? If you don't know what you are living for, then you don't know what it is worth to die for. We should never know from such things. But some people don't even know what it is worth to die for, but they don't even know what it is worth to live for. What are you living for? What are you doing? Think about your skills in your life. Think about how you confuse the two. What can you do? Find your mission. Find what you're supposed to do in this life and find what you're really supposed to do to accomplish in this life. We are supposed to do what we can, we're supposed to move where we can, we're supposed to do what we can to incorporate ourselves, to make ourselves life, a good life, a fulfilled life, an accomplished life, a life that has direction, a life where you're supposed to accomplish a lot of things. Understand Hashem will lead us on the right path, He'll lead us where we need to go. Things are not coincidence. Hashem will take us where you need to go, especially if it's on a life of a path of Torah, especially if it's a life of a path on mitzvahs, especially if it's a life on a path of chesed, of good things. Finding out what's really the most important in life, having a good heart, being involved in a profession where you need a good heart is really a good key as well. Pushing ourselves to do what we can in this life is fantastic, but we need to make sure we're on the right path. I want to end with two stories that highlight highlight a direction in life from H.com, from Nissan Safran. Knock, knock, Cindy said as she opened the door to her younger sister Sherry's camp bunk. While she had been going to Camp Lakeside for years and knew the ropes, she wanted to make sure Sherry was adjusting well in her first summer away from home. Oh, hi, Cindy, Sherry greeted her with a big smile. Hi, you hadn't come by during afternoon break for a couple of days, so I wanted to make sure everything was okay. Everything's great, Sherry beamed. I really like this camp, and the best part about it is my new best friend Karen. We spend the break time together. Actually, I'm on the way to meet her now. That's good, said Cindy. Karen sees here in the bunk with you? Sure, she sleeps right in this bed, Sherry said, pointing to the bunk bed over her own, and this is her locker right under mine. Hmm, sniffed Cindy. How come she got both the better bed and the better locker? What do you mean, Sherry asked. Everyone knows that the top bunks are better because no one climbs over you, and the lower lockers are better because you don't have to stand on a chair to reach them. You should make her trade with you, one or the other. Oh, said Sherry, her face falling. Well, anyway, it's no big deal. Karen and I have a great time together every day after breakfast to sign us out on a rowboat to use during break. I'm going to the lake to meet her there now, she said, grabbing a box of cookies out of her locker, which suddenly did seem hard to reach. Cindy shook her head. That's not fair. Why should you always be the one to have to wait in line to sign up? Everyone knows it's a big hassle. You should tell Karen to do it half the time. And I hope she brings snack for you to share also and not just you. Yeah, sure, I guess, Sherry shrugged. I never even paid attention. But from now on, I sure will. Well, I guess I've got to run now, Sherry said, not nearly as smiley as she had been when her sister first walked in. The next day, Sidney was talking with a couple of her friends during afternoon break when Sherry walked over, head hanging down. Hey, this is a surprise, she said. I didn't expect you to see you this time of day. I'm bored and homesick, the younger sister sighed. Really? But when I saw you yesterday, you seemed so up. Aren't you spending break time with your friend Karen? Sherry grimaced. She's not my friend anymore. Why? What happened? I don't know. I just told her all the things you told me, and we got into a big fight. We don't even talk to each other now. As Cindy Hugger's crying sister said, she felt like crying herself over her thoughtless words that had turned friends into enemies. When it comes to our direction in life... And dealing with friends in our lives, make sure to be sensitive to their wants and needs and to allow their emotions to take root. Let them follow their passions, even if it doesn't make money, even if it doesn't bring in the revenue. Let them follow their hobbies, let them follow their dreams and their goals, even if it's not your own. Even if you don't like it or fully support it, you need to show full support especially to family members, especially to close family members, fully support their job and occupation and hobbies and dreams and goals, even if it might be never something you would do or never something you could do. I myself can never be an Uber driver or a barista or an accountant or a lawyer, but there are others that love those fields, and we need to respect that. And finally, let's look at this story from Nissanil Safran from H.com. As the school bell rang, Rebecca Sears suddenly felt a new surge of energy. While she enjoyed her classes well enough, it was her after-school dance group that really got her excited. The group was now preparing its annual holiday program. This year's theme was Rosh Hashanah, the Coronation Day. Before they started Mrs. Allen, the new dance instructor had explained the theme to the kids, something about how on the Jewish New Year we proclaim that God is the King. God is the one and only king, and not just our dictator. Rebecca didn't really understand what she meant by that. After all, God was king whether he proclaimed him or not. What was the difference between dictator and king anyway? But she didn't allow herself to think about all this too much, as she was much more interested in getting into the dance. Once practice started, Rebecca began to feel like she was being ruled by a different kind of dictator, Mrs. Allen. The instructor worked the kids really hard. She wasn't at it all like last year's instructor who let them do more or less whatever they wanted. Mrs. Allen stood over them to make sure they did each move properly, made them practice the moves so that many times that so many times that Rebecca felt like she was going to pop. After a few days, Rebecca felt like she couldn't take it anymore, was ready to quit the entire group to escape the dictator's clutches. But she figured since she was already there and dressed for practice, she would endure one more session. They started up again. Again, more repetition, more tough moves. But this time, Rebecca started to feel a little different. She noticed how she was beginning to master the complicated dance steps and how the whole group was really starting to come together. Everyone making the right moves at the right times really made a difference. She began to feel excited if they kept it up. This was going to be a real professional show, not like last year's sloppy performance. But what was even more interesting was that Rebecca began to see Mrs. Allen in a different light. She watched her busily go from girl to girl, encouraging each one to try a little harder. To bring out her best, she could feel the instructor's real love and dedication to both her students and to the production's success. Maybe Mrs. Allen wasn't such a heartless dictator after all. Rebecca did not quit that day. In fact, she and the rest of the kids got more into the dancing than ever before. They actually looked forward to her instructions and exercises because they knew she was doing it to help them. By the night of the show... They had gelled into one big perfectly choreographed team thanks to their devoted leader, Mrs. Allen. The auditorium was packed as Rebecca and her friends stood anxious but confident backstage. Mrs. Allen addressed the audience with a few opening remarks explaining the theme of the show, just as she had to the kids before the first practice. She talked about a Russian Sun was about discovering that Hashem is not just our dictator, but our loving and dedicated king. How sometimes he sends us what might be difficult and hard to understand, but it's his help plan to help us grow although rebecca had heard it all before this time the woman's words suddenly clicked now she understood they were exactly the feeling she had been having about the instructor herself the dance recital went great everybody said it was the best ever but for rebecca it was something special a living lesson about loving leadership and the start of a great new year when we push ourselves and we find what our calling is, what our direction is, we sit down and figure out what the most pleasurable moments are, what we would do with our time if we could, without worrying about money. Life seems so much more energized and revitalized. Think how you can find your direction, your mission. Identify it, run with it. Think every day, a half hour, what you want to do with yourself, with your life. Don't be stuck in your dead end bank teller job if you love animals. Don't be stuck as a barista if you love airplanes. Make sure to sit down and think what you really love, what you could do if you had the time and the money. Don't let life pass you by in the directions of the years of your life. Don't miss the train. Don't wait for an existential crisis. Don't wait for a midlife crisis. Make sure to find your direction. Hashem wants you to succeed. But you have to find that path for Him to walk you along to fulfill your mission in life. But also. you have to road for him to You have to want the path to go down the path for Hashem to lead you on the right path. Don't get on the wrong train of the direction in your life. Don't board the wrong plane of your life. Make sure to identify your skill set, your passion, your abilities and your capabilities and follow them regardless of setbacks. Hashem will have your back. The whole world will be so much more better with your contributions. This has been the, the Tani Talks Life, the Tani Talks Radio, rather, TTR, where we talk about the topic for the week. For the audience members to keep joining us next time, God willing, next week here on the TTR. And I'm your host, Tani.